And now, it's time for the Scrub Brothers Show. We're putting the body back together. Listen in and learn how amazing the human body is. Learn in a way that's a bit irreverent and thought-provoking. And now, it's time to check in for your appointment with the Scrub Brothers. Mike Beckham, welcome back. Thank you, John. Glad to be here. Happy, happy, happy to be here. You don't age at all. You know, like <laughs> since last week, you know, you have not aged. Rob, well, not so much. Yeah, it's. The <laughs> I, light. Sh- I show my my years weeks at a time. Yeah. Yes. I'm like a tree ring. Yeah, some some uh, weeks are a little bit tougher than others. That's for sure. It was an easy week. Yeah, excellent. What are we talking about today? We're talking about epilepsy. Have you ever had a patient with a uh, with a seizure while you're, while they're in your office? No, I haven't. But you know um, that I'm surprised. Actually, yeah, all no, the I, years you've done this. Yeah, I haven't. I had one person that that said if you do this, it, it will cause that. But I've I've, I've never seen one, and so it's going to be interesting to hear what you have to say because I want to tell you what they tell us to do on the at the dental chair. And so this is going to be fun for me. So thanks, John. Interesting. So I I've, I've had a, a, a pregnant woman seizing on an airplane that was one of the more scary airline passengers because pregnancy and seizing are don't go hand in hand they're they're a tough combination and i think she probably didn't actually see she probably was just hypoglycemic uh, but i was definitely worried she had a seizures well the, the seizures have been around since the millennia so can, since, can i stop you a second i'm yeah. sorry just quick hypoglycemic and when i'm sitting here thinking somebody's hypoglycemic they kind of pass out but that's not a seizure well yeah it, so that's a great question so people when they Sometimes when people syncopize, when they pass out, they shake a little bit. And that's called, we always call it seizure syncope or syncope seizure, where you kind of have this jerking uh, movements when you're passing out. That's not a seizure. Um, And they wake right up if they give them glucose, for example. They wake right back up. If you lay them down, they wake back up. They have not had seizures. Although people will say, oh, my God, he shook a little bit. It must be a seizure. Yeah, got it. Okay. That's the difference. So So they describe seizures 2000 B.C., Wow. And they thought at that point it was you were possessed. It was, you know, demon possession. They would do exorcisms on you and all sorts of things. Um, Hippocrates was the first person who linked to some sort of neurologic disease. And then that was kind of shunned for years. Uh, even as uh, late as 1700s, people thought it was demon possession. I, don't, I wonder how Hippocrates would figure that one out. Yeah, it's crazy. And he, he also, there's a genetic proponent, component to it because he, apparently they had twins who, who, who were both seizing. Because if you're an identical twin you have, and one twin seizes, hmm. the other twin has a higher likelihood of having seizures as well. Hmm. Well, everybody can seize. So that's, what, that's kind of the unknown. Everybody has what's called the seizure threshold. And, and seizing what happens when you have a, a disease called epilepsy. But a seizure is just simply a kind of chaotic brain um, electronic pattern. And everybody can have this, everybody has this threshold in their brain that once it's crossed, you have a seizure. So things that you can cross this threshold with are, um, uh, for example, cocaine and methamphetamine. They will often cause people to seize. PCP will do it as well. Um, alcohol will do it, or more commonly, the lack of alcohol. So people who are used to drinking or used to taking uh, drugs like benzodiazepines, they're called like Valium, um, they will seize as well. If all of a sudden they're drinking, 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 then they stop. Oftentimes they'll present with a seizure. So what? what um, tell me what a seizure looks like. So there's different kinds of seizures. And the one that people that always think about are, did you ever see the Seinfeld where Kramer's flopping around on the floor because he hears the Today Show? Remember that old story? Oh, yeah. yeah. They don't look like that. But, but the, ones people, the ones people think about are the convulsive seizures where you're, where you're unresponsive, you're foaming at the mouth, Sometimes you turn blue if it goes on long enough, and you're moving all, all four of your extremities. 
in a very jerky sort of movement. And it, oh, looks very, it looks very violent. Okay, so I see. I kept thinking that a seizure would be like they'd be like an ironing board, like stiff. So there's... So they, they do get that way, but then oftentimes right after that, they'll start really shaking. Now you can have what's called an absence seizure, and they're called petite mal seizures in the past as well, or focal seizures. And there's a lot of different names. And you'll hear kids who do poorly in school, like they're doing really well, and then all of a sudden they start doing poorly. And these kids will have absence seizures, where they're just for a period of time, and they'll have hundreds of them a day. They'll just stare off into space for a second, and then they'll come back. And then they'll do it again. And until some teacher notices it, that, you know, little Johnny is not paying attention for half the day because he just seems to be staring off in space and has no memory of the event. Like a lot of these kids with these absence seizures, they have no idea they're They're happening. called absent? A- absent. Absent seizures. Absent? So they're, ab- they're absent. <clears throat> you know, oh, okay. Absent seizures. <clears throat> Their lights are on. They're not home. Okay. So they just check out. Pretty basically. much. Okay. And so wow. you put these kids on seizure meds and all of a sudden they're back. Uh, they're back in school. They do well again, but for p- long periods of the day, they just have no recognition of what, what's happened. Wow. But the seizures that w- you see on the street sometimes, or you, I saw on the airplane, or what was described in the airplane, is this shaking all four extremities, foaming to the mouth, turning blue. Is that called a grand mal? So that's called tonic-clonic or grand mal seizure. And they can start as partial, where your arm starts wow. shaking, and then all of a sudden it can extend across both hemispheres, and you can shake on both sides of your body. Okay, so I'm, I'm keep reflecting. I, I'm sorry to keep interrupting no, you, Jack. I want to get this down because because this is stuff. This is the kind of thing we don't understand, don't know. So, <clears throat> if I'm sitting there, got a fella. Do they usually check out? Do you kind of get the test pattern look on their face before this starts, or do they just all of a sudden wig and? So start a lot of shaking? folks who have seizure disorders will have an aura first, and they'll know they're having them. And so when they say, "I feel like I'm going to have a seizure," believe them. Uh, and if they don't, great, but if they do, and sometimes they often do because they know they have a certain aura, and it could be a light or a sound or even a smell, mm-hmm. they can, not that it triggers it, but it precedes their tonic mm-hmm. clonic movements. Um, so believe them. And the, the, the thing to do is, they say that, you know, people can swallow their tongue, so you don't swallow your tongue. If you roll them on their side and protect them from beating themselves up when they're, when they're, when they're thrashing around, put a pillow underneath their head, that's really all you need to do. They may turn a little blue. That's not uncommon. You don't need to do mouth-to-mouth on them right away. If you have oxygen, you can put oxygen on them. Uh, but don't stick your fingers down their mouth because you will likely get your finger gnawed off. So this, this is the one thing that talk about <clears throat> olden days, and I don't even know if this has changed or not, but sticking something between their teeth, is yeah, that? Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, okay. No, because you'll t- typically knock their teeth out when you try to do it. So, so when you say roll them on their side, though, does, does it have to be the right side? So if I'm working chair side, I pull them toward me? No, it just has to be you want it <clears> so, they don't, so they don't aspirate. Okay. So they don't, you know, get their saliva gotcha. in their, or they vomit. That doesn't go down there. Isn't that right, is that right side? I don't think it matters. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Um, but most seizures, like sixty percent of them, are these tonic-clonic seizures. And the and you know where we see them a lot is people who are used to drinking. They drink every day, and then one day they say, "I'm going to quit drinking," and they go cold turkey, and then the, they will come in and seize. Hmm. Um, and and when you start talking to them, and, you know, when people our age have a first seizure, you know, the first three things I think about are brain tumors. Because a lot of times people with brain tumors, their initial presenting complaint or issue is they have a seizure. Um, but, you know, you start talking to them, and do you take, you know, Ativan every day or lorazepam every day? Yes. Well, it's funny. I haven't taken it in the last three days. I bet this is the reason. Gotcha. Why. Or first episode of, oh, I tried some cocaine, blah, 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 seize after that. Do they typically wet? themselves and void at, so, at the time. So a lot of people who are incontinent. So a lot of people have you get a urine or stool incontinence when you have a seizure disorder. And so you'll see that frequently um, as well. 
And then there's also these what's called psychogenic seizures. People will, quote-unquote, fake seizures. And there's certainly a psychological or psychiatric component behind this. But, but we will admit people to the hospital at St. Joe's. We'll put them in so the EMU, which is a uh, monitoring unit with an EEG on it. And people have seizures there without any seizure-like activity in their brain. And then the neurologist will say, oh, this might be a psychogenic seizure. In other words, a seizure with no neurologic cause that they think is probably more psychiatry-based than really neurochemical or okay, are neurological. They, are they faking it for attention, or do they actually physically feel like they're having a seizure? They've convinced themselves they're having it. I, I don't know. Um, maybe the answer is both. Yeah. Um, but oh. the key is everybody has a seizure threshold. The other things that gets you are electrolytes. So you can have electrolyte deficiencies or too much or too little, sodium, potassium, calcium, and that too can cause you to seize. So hyper, um, hyponatremia is a common one. So people who drink a lot of free water, um, in other words, just a lot of tap water without salt in it. If you drink enough, there's something called water intoxication. People just drink way too much water. They lower their serum sodium down quickly, and those people will seize also. I think there was a, back east, they had some contest on a radio station, how much water someone could drink, and the person died from a seizure. Is that right? They died out during a seizure. Yeah, I think she, this woman drank like six gallons of water. Okay, why would she die during this? Because she had acutely hyponatremia. <clears throat> oh, it was so the hyponatremia? Hyponatremia that caused Nutri- a seizure. Caused Apparently, it. she she died from the, she died during or after the seizure. Oh, oh, wow. So that was a, it. Basically, was caused by the electrolyte imbalance. Yeah. So, wow. so, so drugs, chemicals, electrolyte imbalances, things like brain tumors, post-stroke, um, people that if you have any sort of disease tissue in your brain, where there's a abnormal electrical impulse that can emanate from it, that can cause a seizure. So we'll see in people with head injuries, post-head injuries will seize. Uh, people who've had strokes, tumors, uh, surgery on their brain have a higher likelihood of seizures. I had one kid in college. <clears throat> he had uh, two seizures, and then they figured out what it was. I have no, he said, uh, went out drinking, had a seizure the next day. Went out drinking, had a seizure the next day, and they finally figured. So I don't know what it was about the drinking that set it off, but he definitely said that was what it did. I don't know what the yeah, it's um, <clears throat> what the reason was. It the ketone aldehyde things that set him off on them. Well, no. Was, so actually, it's funny you said that. So actually, people who have chronic seizures, they they will often prescribe a ketogenic diet, a very um, high protein, moderate protein, high fat, low carbohydrate diet and it's called ketogenic, and putting them in ketosis will actually lower their, lower their risk of having seizures. Really? Huh. Um, so stroke, brain tumor, trauma, um, and then different genetic things and congenital things that can also cause, at least make you more at risk for seizures. Well, if you see someone on the street, roll them on their side, protect their head so they're not banging their head um, around on the cement, and uh, you know, call 911. Um, and, and generally, these people do very, do very well. There is a risk of death. Uh, during a seizure, but it's, but it's pretty low risk. So uh, when, when, I'm sorry, John, when they're, when they're, if they turn blue, they're not, like if you've got oxygen, you're not going to turn it on. If they're turning blue, because they're not breathing at all then, right? Well, I, I mean, just even high flow O2, there's some oxygen will find its way down into the trachea, so okay. even if they're not inhaling. So we'll do high flow O2. But I've, I very rarely, I just was up on the reservation a month or so ago, and I intubated somebody who was having what's called stas epilepticus. That's multiple seizures or a constant seizure that you can't break. This guy had multiple seizures, probably both alcohol, lack of alcohol-related, and previous head injury-related. So he probably had I don't know, five seizures in a short amount of time, and he was not waking up in the intervening time. So most people have seizures. They always called post-ictal. So you talk to them, and they, they're kind of combative. They don't know where they are, and they're fighting you. They're kind of unresponsive, and then they slowly wake back up. 
the people who are flopping around on the ground and then wake back up right away, like they're back to normal, those aren't seizures generally. Or oh, wow. Those, okay. are, those are right psychogenic seizures, seizures. So this guy, the status epilepticus. So, yeah, so he, mm-hmm. I ended up intubating him, giving him something to stop his seizures, and then intubating him because he was so unresponsive. So the, the way to diagnose it, you know, if you come to the emergency department, we'll do an MRI on you in, or a CT scan. Um, CT is better for blood. MRI is better for so- solid masses, for example. Sometimes we'll do a spinal tap on you. But the way to diagnose it was, uh, it's called an EEG. And it looks it's like an EKG, but it's for the brain. So EEG, and it looks at brain electrical activity. And the neurologist will look at these and say, is there abnormal spikes or is there abnormal pattern that may precipitate um, a seizure, and is there a seizure focus? In other words, is there one part of the brain that's maybe causing the seizure? And, you know, if there is, um, and even if there's not, if you're having multiple seizures, and really it's generally more than two, um, we'll put you on anti-epileptics. So or, if, I'm sorry, John, so if you, so have, if you have an EEG, but if they're not having a seizure, will you still see a change in brain electrical you, activity? Then? You can. So oh. if they have a seizure focus, uh, you may be able to see it in the EEG even without them having a seizure. What does that seizure. mean, seizure focus? In other words, if they've got some diseased tissue in their brain. Oh, okay. okay. Or scar tissue okay. is a common one. Okay. So you can see that on the EEG. Um, and in the, the other thing to talk about parents is these febrile seizures. So kids, when they're, when they're and the, the theory is once their temperature is coming down, not going up, these kids will seize uh, when they have a fever. And they, we call them febrile um, seizures. And they'll bring their kids in and they say, you know, is, will he be or will she be an epileptic? And the answer is hard to say. I think they have an increased risk of having epilepsy down the line. But just with a seizure with fever, you have to figure out why they're having a temperature, obviously. But generally, no, you don't treat that as um, a seizure. Does that happen with adults, too, or just kids? It's really just kids. And so the folks who have seizures, you know, they're on, you know, they said more than two times. You can't drive until you have a long you have a long series of time, you have to be cleared, and that's usually a long series of time without having a seizure. And certainly you can't pilot an airplane it's the same sort of way if you have a seizure disorder. And so the folks will be put on the old medications like uh, Dilantin, phenobarbital, and then there's a lot of newer medications that will put folks on as well. Um, valproic acid, uh, for example, or there's just a, kind of a whole ton of new ones out there uh, with, with have a better side effect profile. So folks who have seizures and have frequent seizures um, their family members are often given this medication that they can uh, put in their nose or in their mouth or shoot in their rectum, which is a benzodiazepine, and that'll stop the seizure as well. And that's generally what we'll do as first line, or the paramedics will do. We'll stick an IV in them, check their blood sugar, because um, you can't seize from low blood sugar, and then give them a benzodiazepine, usually Ativan, and that'll stop their seizures. They do that up the nose? The you, can do first up, yeah, you can do burst <laughs> it up the nose. Um, but generally for seizures, we'll do a quick IV Ativan a milligram or two milligrams of Ativan, and it works you know, 90% of the time. And then we start sorting it out. Uh, you can also have s- surgery. So if you have a very distinct focus that's causing these seizures, you can actually have uh, um, uh, epilepsy surgery, and they'll go in and remove that focus of diseased brain tissue that's precipitating these seizures, and that works relatively well. Wow, that's really wild. Well, crazy? Good, that's a lot of help. No, because they used to tell us all the time, put something between their teeth. And I, I always thought... That is, I, I don't know about that one. I mean, that, doesn't, that never did make sense to me to, to, to try and do that. And the swallow the tongue thing, I said, how, how are they going to detach the frenum? And yeah. how, they're not going to do that. No, it's, I think the theory, <clears throat> or I think what people talk about is, you know, they lose their airway and their tongue rests against the back of their throat. Well, they're yeah. not really swallowing. It's just the place backwards a little bit. Okay. All right. But, you know, you can do a little chin lift maneuver on them and lift their airway up that way. But How, how, how long do these 
typically re- you know generally class. seconds to a few minutes i mean if you start having it for more than more than you know two minutes or so you know you should really be calling the paramedics and getting them on oxygen if you have it there okay right, so good to, good to know. is it you say that anyone can have a seizure is it usually manifest before a certain age like if you've made it so long without ever a seizure in your life does that mean you're pretty much not going to have seizures or could it start at any time at any age well, if you manifest a certain amount of time without a seizure, it probably means you don't, you won't, you're not at risk for congenital any cause of seizures. Um, but I said, people that go in, so you guys are clear. <laughs> Rob, hi, come on, baby. One more thing we one don't have. One more thing we're not. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if I saw either one of you jamokes in the ER with a first time seizure, if you did not have an alcohol history and we're not taking medications that once you stop can cause them like Ativan, benzodiazepines, you go brain tumor. I'd huh? be thinking brain tumor. Okay. Oh. And that's a very frequent first. You know. Is it really? Wow. Yeah, people come in, adults who come in with first-time seizures, it's, I always think, brain tumor. Okay, the one thing, <clears throat> I can't say this correctly, hyponatremia? Hypo, so low sodium, hyponatremia. Hypo, so hyponatremia, yeah. which means low sodium, not enough Cheetos in the diet is what the Greek terminology was, I think. Um, she, yes, Cheetos. Cheetos. Cheetos in the diet. What's Does the person know that they've had a seizure? Like, do they wake up just like... Uh, the last few minutes of my life is just missing from me, Some and do. I feel tired and stuff. So, well, and once you've had them, you pretty much know because you're generally sore. You're definitely confused. Everybody around you knows, but okay. we'll see people who probably had a seizure during the night and come in, you know, four hours later and say, "There's a period of my night that was missing. I peed on myself. I found myself on the floor." Blah blah blah. Whose wine? What wine? Where the hell did I die? Must oh, have been fine. a dream. <laughs> Don't believe where I've been. Hey, one more question about that. Let's do it again. Yeah, there you go. Number one selling album of all time until... Peter Frampton. Oh, yeah. that Michael Jackson. Thriller. Thriller. <clears throat> Thriller's okay. the first one. Why yeah. do I know this random knowledge? <laughs> I know. It's just horrible. It's, so here's the deal. I, I just read this book because Renee forced me to, my wife Renee, you know. Um, Men are from Mars? <laughs> no, I, I've got that book memorized. <laughs> At least I know when I do stuff wrong, which is frequent. I know why. <laughs> um, but no, this eight glasses of water a day thing, the book that I read, the guy said, you know... That's total baloney. Who made up the eight glasses of water a day? And you know, he said, he said, there's no nothing. There's no science that ever says you have to drink eight glasses of water a day. Because I'm thinking, God, you know, as you said, the hyponatremia. Well, eight glasses is probably too little. I mean, I'm not a huge water drinker. But see, I'm not either. Though that's the thing. If I have if I have one of these a day or two, maybe. But that's not. I just finished the book. The other side, at least a gallon a day. No, okay, of water. but okay. Why is that, though? I mean, it doesn't make any sense why you, you're not well, losing well, that much well, fluid. You, well, no, you do. I mean, think about it. Urine, sweat, you lose insipid water loss through breathing. It just, I guess, it, I guess this eight glasses of water a day, the reason, this, this guy, this book that I read with this fellow, of course, telling you other stuff, you know, butter's good, no, butter's bad, um, is there's no science to, behind telling you how much water you have. Like, you will drink the water that you need in some form or you're going to start feeling bad. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably mm. true. But I probably run, I probably, you know, you look at your urine. I mean, if your urine's dark, you're probably a little dehydrated. Yeah, well, no, I see, I get that too. I just, you know, the, the standard of eight glasses just didn't make any sense. Well, how big is a glass? I don't know. Those, Those are eight-ounce eight ounce glasses. Eight-ounce glasses, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give me, I don't know. All right, question of the day. <clears throat> I'll tell you a quick funny story. Well, I got a great question here. These folks from Iowa, we have a huge listening crowd in Iowa. This gal, uh, her name is Darlene T- T- Tamavi, it seemed. Uh, Darlene she's Tamavi. She's French. Well, probably she's French. French. Tamavi. Darlene Tamavi from Golden Pond, Iowa. That's next to Golden Shower. 
It, it could be. Donald I mean, Trump went there. Oh, wait, that was... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So she, her husband's... Uh, Dick. Uncle Dickie. This is what she says. And she said they have a lot of cats, which to me is a concern that sounds like a hoarding She's issue. A hoarder. Could be a hoarding yeah. issue on that something. A like. lot of cats as in like more than May, 10? Well, here's the thing. Maybe we should contact someone around Golden Pond to send them the authorities over there to see what's actually <laughs> going on. But what, what her question is, John, is... I wonder if she was on top of it. I'm not sure. So the, um, she, she, asks, she says her and uh, Dickie argue frequently, what bite is worse, a human bite, a cat bite, or a dog bite? Ooh, good question. Well... It kind of depends. Give me some context. I mean, that's kind of how, you know, uh, how catnip, how bad is a catnip? So, okay. so cat bites usually have, um, so cat bites are bad. So if you get cat bites, or they get infected very frequently from something called Pastorella multicida. Um, human bites can get infected as well, as can dog bites. And then with, you know, really all three species, but more dogs, I think, than cats, you know, there's a risk of rabies, although it's incredibly small in the U.S. right now. We had a gal, I'll tell you, she, she, she works at a vet's office. She got bit by a cat, and man, it was awful. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really. You've awful. got to really treat. I mean, there you get a bit in a joint space too. I mean, I think the only thing cats are good for. I can't think of anything cats are good for. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a cat. I guy. love cats. You I really? do too. But I read an article. You look like a cat guy. I love cats. <laughs> I'm allergic to cats, but I read an article issues. where they said if a cat was bigger, like a, a lion or a, a, a house cat, it wants to kill you. Oh, I bet. It's got a hunting prey. It just wants to kill you. Oh, yeah. Cats are amazing. Yeah, but, but, but um, <laughs> my brother said that, too. They did the studies in England about cats being out there and the, uh, the devastation, just cats that go out at night. They kill everything. I mean, they, li- they literally do. They just kill everything. Um, but so h- here's what happened to me. It'll refresh John's memory. So I've got a, a, my neighbor, Joe Caliendo, from my... He's just from the south part of Chicago, mm-hmm. and he has got the hardest. I love this accent, Chicago accent. So he lives next door. He's got four of these dogs. Dogs get out. One of them's running through the desert. His wife, Dar, is a sweetheart. She's, they're just great. The, the couple's a great-looking mid-'70s couple. They're just really nice people. So anyway, I go through the desert because so Dar doesn't have to. I get this little freaking chihuahua or whatever it is. I pick it up, and I walk over, and one of the other dogs I'm talking to Dar in the street and this other banshee comes over and whacks me right in the calf. I'm like, oh, man. Bit you. Yeah. Bit you? Oh, yeah, bit me right in the calf. And so Dar's yelling. And she, she goes, oh, my God, Mike, you're bleeding. So she runs into the house, runs back. I said, Dar, it's totally fine. I'm trying to hold the other dogs there so they don't run in the desert. Right. Meanwhile, Joe comes, <laughs> Joe comes out. So Dar is sitting there. She's crouched down, and she's wiping my leg. And I'm bleeding a decent amount. It's running down my leg. I said, Dar, it's really okay. I'll just go home and, and scrub this thing, you know. So Joe comes out, and he's, his wife is down there washing my leg. He doesn't ask a question, looks me right in the eye. He starts talking to me like this and that. And Dar goes, Joe, like fluffy, bit Mike. And he looks at me and he goes, what are you, some kind of effing pussy? I said, no, I'm not a pussy. He goes, then what are you whining about? I said, I'm not whining about anything. Dar just told you your stupid dog bit me. So... I just said, the hell with it. I went home and scrubbed the darn thing, and I swear to goodness, I was like, this is going away, this is going away. So I called you. Yeah. And you were like, man, no, you got to get on antibiotics. It was, it was actually swelling yeah, up, augmented. swelling up. Yeah. And I, was it Augment you yeah. gave me? And I never would have thought of it. I said, oh, the hell with it. I would just scrub it up. It's not that big a deal. But it was kind of concerning because I thought, I didn't know, you yeah, know. dog bites are bad. Yeah. Cats what are, are you? I mean. An effing pussy? Oh, my God, Joe. Oh my God, God bless him. No, you're being honest <laughs> to goodness. All right, so you want a funny dog bite story? I this do. Is, this is the best dog bite story I have. 
So this guy, Ralph, Ralph was a year behind me in residency. So it's his first day as he's going to be alone at night in this hospital in Chicago called Edward Hospital. And, and, and he was really nervous about it. So he was a, starting his third-year residency. So he was you know, very well-trained. I think he did a year of surgery first. I was in a first year attending there. So I said, let's, let's prank Ralph. And I was notorious for doing these stupid things. So I get in the ambulance. I drive about 100 yards away. And so I tell these two ambulance guys, I go, I go okay, call in. Tell me you've got a guy here whose pit bull bit off his penis. Ugh. And they go, really? I said, yeah. Get him, get him to come on and, get, and tell me why I want to talk to the doctor because all the things are recorded on cassette tapes. So the, I said, I'll be the guy. And so I, I said, but you got to play it straight. So they call in. They said, yeah, we've got, a, we've got a trauma here we're bringing in. Okay, we need to talk to the doctor. Okay, they put Ralph on, Dr. Hoover. And, and I'm in the background screaming, bloody murder. And they're saying, well, what's the story? Well, we've got, the, you know, we've got this guy here, and his, he was, I don't know what happened. I don't even know how it happened. This pit bull bit off his penis, and the dog's running around in the backyard. And what should we do? And Ralph is dumbfounded. And I go, and I'm in the background yelling, shoot the dog for God's sake. <laughs> so the paramedics are going, should we shoot the dog? And Ralph goes, shoot the dog. And, goes, <laughs> and I said, the paramedics go, should we shoot the dog with a, with a penis in his mouth? Ralph goes, shoot the dog. Shoot the dog. Shoot the dog. <laughs> so this goes on for about 30 seconds. And Ralph is getting really worked up. And the paramedics are just totally egging him on because it's all on tape. So we drive back into the ambulance bay. I walk in, and Ralph sees the look on my face, and he goes, oh, you bastard. <laughs> so I run over to the tape machine, run over to the paramedic machine. I get the tape. I'm running around the air. He had already called the urologist. <laughs> well, at least tra- he was on top of it. And the trauma surgeon <laughs> to come in. So fast forward 10 years. That exact story happens there. For real. They, and they, they shoot the dog, and no. they come in, I swear to God, <clears throat> and they vivisection the dog. They, they open the dog up in the ER to try to save this guy's penis. Oh, my the God. The exact same Are you story. Kidding? Can, you re- can you reattach it after it's been in a dog's stomach like that? I mean, is that... It, it was apparently macerated. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They just shoot. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. How did Lorena bob it? I mean, she whacked it and threw it on an intersection, and the thing got run over by well, a there's car. Well, there's something. a kid I saw in the ED here who just whacked... Well, he was obviously a little uh, challenged, but he whacked his penis off. Did they attach it, though? He ate it. Oh, yeah, he God. You know, Rob, they're not just for breakfast anymore. Oh, you should have seen the, you should have seen the cops look at the, the This guy's the color drained out of this poor guy's face. And the, oh. this poor kid goes, you know, is, hey, is it going to grow back? And this guy's where he goes, hey, man, you're not a chameleon. You're, <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll be sitting <laughs> yeah. from now on. No, oh, you'll be standing no. close. So, waterproof oh. shoes. Oh, how, do we, how do these shows devolve? It I always blame Rob. I always do. I always blame Rob. <laughs> All right, folks, on that one, just shoot the dog. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Scrub Brothers Show. Every week, putting the body back together right here. Listen live or on demand 24-7. Join us next week for your appointment with The Scrub Brothers.